Good evening and welcome. Our first song tonight will be number 11. Number 11. scripture reading and prayer we'll sing at number 197 197 
Daniel Goshorn will be speaking to us uh, this evening about his work in Huancayo, Peru. We, of course, got to visit Daniel and Audrey uh, this last summer and got to appreciate their ministry there and how um, good they're doing there, how well the work is going there. And it's um, a great deal that's because of the hard work they put in. Uh, and certainly God's blessing them and, and the congregation there in Huancayo. So we're looking forward to his uh, sharing with us about their ministry uh, this evening. Um, but he wanted to, to read... Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, as our scripture reading tonight. Genesis 12, 1, he says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this opportunity we have tonight to worship you. We're grateful for your son and the reconciliation that we found inside of him, Father. We pray that our lives can always be in line with your truth, that you would watch over us, give us strength as we fight against Satan and against our desires, Father. Help us to, to be focused on your kingdom above all else. Give us endurance as we run this race, Father. We're grateful for, for folks like Daniel and Audrey that have, are spending their life serving you in foreign countries, Father. We pray that you'll bless them, bless their ministry, Father. Give them open doors to teach your truth. Bless their family with health and uh, endurance, Father. Just pray that you'll bless the congregation there in Wankayo. We love so many of them now, and we're so grateful for the opportunity we have to, to meet with them and to to get to know them and to, to enjoy being in fellowship with them, Father, we're grateful for their faith. And we pray that that will flourish and that you'll, you'll just bless the work there that for many more years that there can be a congregation of your people in this place. Father, continue to watch over us, help us to grow, help us to, to focus on your word and your work. We pray that you'll continue to bless us as we live in line with who you want us to be. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our song before the lesson this evening, it's 543, 543. If you can, please, let's stand as we sing this song. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. Go. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. 
have uh, fancy PAs in Peru, so I don't know how to work it. Uh, uh, we always say it's a pleasure to be with you, um, and, and it truly is a pleasure to come and, and visit with you all today. Uh, we've gotten to, to do a little bit of visiting uh, on Wednesdays, of course, uh, spending some time with Audrey's family and getting to know some of you um, since we've been in the country, uh, but uh, we're excited to get to share a little bit about Peru with you guys. Um, of course, you know a bit more about Huancayo, Peru than the majority of places. Uh, but this is kind of what we've been doing since we've been in the country. Um, we've been going around uh, about, a, I guess, about a dozen churches altogether, um, uh, sharing about the work that's going on in Peru um, before we head back. Um, we fly out in two weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow, we go back to Peru. So we're kind of in the home stretch here. Uh, this morning, we were in Cynthiana, Kentucky, about three hours from here. So um, I know I myself am tired, and, uh, and so I definitely know Audrey and the kids uh, they've, they've gotten worn out today, uh, so I won't, I won't talk too long. Uh, Chris said we have until 8.30, is that right? Uh, but, uh, um, nobody wants to hear me talk till 8.30, but um, I thought we'd share a little bit about what's going on in Peru. Uh, Chris, he read for us here in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, you know, when we, when we think about mission work, when we think about global evangelism, oftentimes we go to this passage right behind me, Matthew 28. I was given to the, the disciples before Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, and oftentimes we think that this is kind of our base text for going out into the world. And while it certainly teaches us many things about uh, the gospel being for all nations, um, this isn't where the Great Commission is, is, first appears in biblical history. Uh, in fact, I, I believe it appears first here in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, if you remember here, before we get to Genesis 12, uh, several major events take place. 
Uh, you have creation and the fall and the flood and Babel and all these, these major things going on uh, in the history of the world. And Genesis chapter 12 really starts the, the meat of the story of the Bible. You know, 1 through 11, they kind of serve as, as this introduction in a way to set the stage for how is God going to redeem mankind from sin. And we see he redeems mankind uh, from sin through this promise that he makes, uh, that he gives to, to Abram, as he's called here. Uh, and if I could hone in on verse 3 for just a moment, uh, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a very important phrase. All the families of the earth or all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And we see that play out a little bit through, through the history of, of Israel, all through the Old Testament on how God is working specifically through his covenant people. Uh, but, but that covenant people was to be a light to all the world, the surrounding nations uh, in um, uh, around them. They're geographically so centrally located, and we're not getting into all of that tonight, but, um, but I think it is important to understand that God's, God's plan for the nations uh, didn't begin just when Jesus came. Uh, his, his plan for the nations has always been in the mind of God, and, and it always uh, was, was pointing forward to this, this scene we find in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. We get a glimpse into the, the throne room of heaven. The Lamb of God is there, and we read this in Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Uh, this, this nations in, in Matthew chapter uh, 28, verse 19, is panteta ethne. It's all people groups. And today in, in, in anthropology, sociology, it, it's thought of as, as all ethno-linguistic people groups. So within the United States of America, there are some hundred and something people groups. We're not just talking about uh, geopolitical nations that we have their borders drawn on a map. We're talking about every family of the earth, every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And so that is kind of our basis for going out into the world with this message of redemption. And so just as, as Paul did in Acts uh, 14, 27, I believe, when he goes and he calls the church together to give a report of the work that is going on, that the, Lord, the work the Lord is doing um, with, with Paul in, in that specific uh, time frame. Uh, uh, today we're going to do something similar. Uh, it's not your, your standard uh, sermon or Bible study. Um, uh, we're going to be going through uh, some of the stuff just really um, uh, about our life, our daily life, uh, the work, the church, um, the Bible studies, and all those kinds of things that are going on in Peru. And, uh, and there's never enough time uh, to share everything with you. And so afterwards, if you have any questions, of course, we'd be, uh, we'd be thrilled to talk with you more. And I, will always, I always forget, uh, and so I'll mention it now, there is a display set up outside uh, the foyer here that has some pictures and some knickknacks from Peru. Many of you have already seen those things because you've been there. But um, if you'd like to get our newsletter and all that, that's out there at the table. Uh, if I don't say that now, I will, I will forget at the end. And so um, if your geography is a little fuzzy, uh, of course, uh, you all know more than most congregations, but... Uh, I have to confess, I didn't make a special slideshow for you guys. This is <laughs> the same one for everybody. So uh, even though you already know it, Peru is straight south from us, just about. Uh, we're in that little star there, almost in the center of the country, way up in the mountains in the city of Juan Cayo. Um, as as your, your team can attest, it is, is quite up there in altitude. Our house sits at about 11,000 feet above sea le level, and so uh, you get short of breath when you walk up the steps uh, in Juan Cayo. 
But, uh, but we're in a big city. You know, to me, it's a big city anyway. Almost 400,000 people, one of the largest cities in Peru. Uh, a lot of people think if you're doing third world missions, you must be in this little, little village in a hut with a dirt floor. Uh, that's, that's not the case for us in Huancayo, although there are plenty of uh, huts with dirt floors in, in Peru. Um, and our day-to-day life uh, has pretty much no English in it. A lot of people ask that question. Most people do not speak English. Everybody speaks Spanish and then a native language called Quechua. That's uh, the native, uh, the, the language that the Incas would have spoken if you've heard of the Incan Empire. Uh, and so uh, that's what's going on with our daily life. We don't speak Quechua, at least not, not right now. Uh, we, we do everything in Spanish. So worship is in Spanish. Bible studies, uh, you know, going shopping and all the rest of it is all in Spanish. Um, let me see here. Uh, just so you understand a little bit of, a, of, of our context, of the demographic that, that, uh, that we're around, if you Google uh, religions in Peru, you'll find a list similar to this one. Uh, most places will say that, that Peru is about 94% Christian. Uh, and when they say Christian, they're talking about uh, any and all uh, thing, uh, things that, that, that say Christianity. So that includes the Catholicism, that includes the, the cults. Um, and so about 80% of the country is Catholic. Uh, most of that is, is, is cultural Catholicism, uh, not, a real, uh, not, a, not a lot of real strong devotion to Catholicism, but if you remember back about 500 years ago, the Spanish uh, conquistadors came in, and they had a really effective evangelism strategy. Uh, if you remember, it was uh, convert or die, and so funny enough, most of Latin America converted to Catholicism from, from the Spanish way back, and so uh, most people will say they're Catholic simply because their families always said they're Catholic, not because they necessarily know anything about Catholicism. A group number two that we interact with, this is by far the, the most popular group that we, we end up having Bible studies with and getting to, to know folks from the charismatic groups, the, the Pentecostal church and, and churches of that flavor. Uh, and so that's very prevalent in Huancayo uh, and all of the country, in fact. But uh, there, there have to be a couple of hundred little Pentecostal churches all over Huancayo. That's the largest group that we, we deal with, uh, interact with on a day-to-day basis. And then the last three would be the Christian cults. Uh, you've maybe heard of the Seventh-day Adventists, the LDS Church, those are the Mormons, the Latter-day Saints, and the Jehovah's Witnesses. And from our house, uh, we've got, uh, we could b- walk just a couple of blocks uh, in, in either direction, and, uh, and we're going to run into one of these three groups of, of, of uh, their, their church buildings there. So they've gotten very popular as well, the, the Christian cults. They've grown quite a lot. Uh, but th- this is what you'll find online, and this is pretty much what we, what we find to be the case in Huancayo as well. Uh, now, before we left, we made this little timeline. Uh, we, we've committed for a, a five-year term, uh, and, and we kind of broke it down into three stages. We call the first stage the entry stage. Stage two, we call the evangelism stage. Stage three, simply so it has a name to it, we call it the discipleship stage. And now everything's basically discipleship when you're, doing, uh, when you're making disciples. But um, that first stage was our, our arrival, our getting settled. Uh, you know, we've got several little kids now. Um, we left with Caleb and Charlie, we came back with a third, uh, but, but where we were going, we knew that it was going to be hard to, to get settled with, with little kids. They didn't quite understand what was going on. Uh, you know, Caleb was three, Charlie was a year and a half, a little more, uh, when we left. And so, from one day to the next, it goes from, you know, going to church with the grandparents and, and having our dogs and all these things that are just part of their normal life to, uh, what happened? Why aren't we going to church anymore? Uh, and so, um, and so this, this entry stage is very important for us, uh, this, this getting settled well, uh, especially with the kids, uh, brushing up on language, uh, brushing up on, on uh, proving culture and getting to know people, that kind of thing. 
And that's led into the evangelism stage. The evangelism stage is what we're calling uh, to describe the, uh, the initial thrust of the gospel, the, the making contacts and establishing Bible studies type activity. And then the, the discipleship stage is where uh, we take those Christians uh, who've been baptized and we continue to teach them all that Christ commanded. You know, the Great Commission definitely does not stop when somebody comes up out of the water. Uh, in fact, that's, that's where the real work begins on, on, uh, on making disciples, is, is after they've become Christians, there's so much more to study. And so these three stages, they all blend together. Within just a couple of weeks of being there, we were able to establish Bible studies. Uh, there are already some Christians there that we got to know pretty well. And so all of these, these three stages uh, uh, definitely uh, have, have, have um, carry over one into the other. But, uh, but that's kind of how we broke down our, our time there. And so when you get there, if you think about packing up in just a couple of suitcases your entire life, um, we had a lot to do to get settled. We had to buy furniture and plates and forks and all the things that, that uh, we kind of forget that at one point in our lives we had to acquire. Uh, but when you get rid of all that and you just have a, a few suitcases, um, you go shopping. When do you get there? And so most of our furniture came from this exact market. Uh, it's kind of like a flea market. Uh, probably not like a flea market that you guys are used to, but, um, but that's where we did most of our shopping when we got there. Spent a lot of time in lines, waiting on appointments, and, and filing paperwork with the government uh, so that we can uh, get our visas to stay in the country. Um, eventually, we got our driver's license. Eventually, we were able to get a vehicle. All these things are just part of the getting settled process, and they're very important, um, of course, to be able to live life in Peru. Now, the day-to-day -day life, um, in many ways, is similar to here in the States, but in many ways, is very different. I don't know here in, uh, in Proctorville if, uh, if you all have many traffic jams like in Peru, but uh, there's always some kind of livestock in the streets. Um, uh, the day-to-day -day activities, uh, while they are similar, have their own uh, unique uh, um, uh, little details about them. Uh, but getting settled, like I mentioned earlier, was, was, was really important for us with the kids, getting to meet uh, other kids, form friendships, learn the language. And so that was a big part of, of our focus for the first uh, several months and even continues to be now. Uh, you know, uh, we know a number of missionary kids uh, that are adults now, and, uh, and those missionary kids, you kind of get a mixed bag. Uh, some of them grow up, uh, and, and, and everything turns out fine. Some of them grow up, and they, they hate the Lord. They hate his church. They hate his word. They want nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, and seeing this in, in folks that we know um, uh, really, really hits, uh, really makes, makes, uh, makes real um, the responsibility that we have as parents. And you know me, personally, I'm a very task-oriented individual. When there's a job to do, I like to get it done. Um, and Audrey has to remind me, she has to balance me out, um, that, that, that our first job is not ministry in Peru. Our first job is ministry in our own home and raising our children as they ought to be raised. Uh, and, uh, and, and if you would pray for me in that, uh, for patience and keeping a correct perspective on things. I know it's, it's easy, even here in the States, in full-time ministry, to put the job before your family. But the family is the first job for the Christian. Uh, and so part of getting them settled was, was putting them in, in preschool. You know, we kind of went back and forth on if we wanted to put them in preschool or not. But we eventually decided, uh, for the sake of learning Spanish, that they go to school. So we put them in, in preschool. Uh, they're very popular in preschool. Um, Caleb, uh, for the, basically the whole school year, was the only boy in his class. Uh, from this picture, they added two or three other girls to the class, so there were like eight or nine girls by the end of it. And so he would show up to class, and all these little girls would run out, Caleb, Caleb, and they all want to hug him. They're very touchy-feely in Peru, and Caleb's just like, why are you touching me? Uh, but uh, eventually, um, uh, things have settled down. 
both the kids are very, very popular, of course, um, at school. So that was a big part of, of getting settled, making friends. Uh, the normal life happens. You know, we're learning to ride a bike. Uh, our old front yard kind of had some, some livestock that would pass through every day, but um, the kids have, have made lots of little friends while we've gone along. Uh, a couple of other folks that we've, we've gotten to know, uh, Fran is on the right, Nye is on the left. Um, Nye, I think you guys may have met Nye while you were down there. Uh, these are both Venezuelan ladies, and I'll mention the Venezuelans in a little bit more detail here in just a minute. But, um, but this was celebrating Audrey's birthday when we first got there, uh, Charlie's birthday. The birthday parties are a very, very big deal. It doesn't matter how old you are, you are not allowed to not have a birthday party. Um, baby shower, also a very big deal. They, they put a baby shower on for Audrey. Uh, last October, and Tabitha got to be there for that, so that was uh, lots of fun. I got roped into staying for that for some reason, but um, they did a baby shower. Uh, this is one of the Venezuelan boys when he turned six, uh, then a little girl from, from Caleb's class. I wanted to hold his hand and take a picture, um, but the birthday parties are a huge deal, and, uh, and it could be, um, it doesn't matter how old you're turning. This is Faustina. We got invited to her birthday party, and of course, being the gringos, the foreigners, uh, whatever's going on, we get called up front for it, and, and in this case, it was a mariachi band. You know, mariachi bands are not Peruvian, they're Mexican, uh, but, uh, but they've grown in popularity um, all across South America, really, and so we get, we get roped into those sorts of things. But the day-to-day -day life happens. You get Christmas, and it being a very Catholic country, Christmas is a very big deal. Um, the first Christmas that we were there, we did a little uh, movie night celebration with uh, some of the Venezuelan kids, and, uh, and of the Venezuelans, I think everybody in this picture, except for my kids, are Venezuelans. And, um, and all of these families are no longer in Huancayo. And so, uh, if you don't know, Venezuela is a, uh, is a socialist disaster. Um, uh, a number of years ago, there was no food, no medicine, people literally just getting shot in the streets. Their own government killed lots of people in Venezuela. And so you have hundreds of thousands of people fleeing the country. And they went into the surround surrounding um, uh, countries. And Peru, they allowed a, a number of them to come in um, under a refugee status as long as they filed their paperwork and all that. They were allowed to work and, and, and stay in the country. A uh, bunch of folks we know got deported because they didn't file their paperwork. And they said, can you help us? And we're like, well, we, we can't really. Um, should have filed your paperwork. But, um, but we get to know these Venezuelans. We, we form friendships with them. We, we care about them quite a lot. Uh, and then by about um, April-ish of this last year, uh, all of those people we were working with, all of those Venezuelans, were gone. Uh, they, they would have a cousin in Lima or a, a friend in Chile or some other place that would tell them that there's more work, that it's better here. And so they would pack up and leave looking for a better, uh, better life. But, uh, but the Venezuelans have a, have a really uh, tough time of it. Uh, we've been very, very sad to see a lot of them leave. Uh, now, one family did come back. Uh, I mentioned Une. This is her sister. Uh, I'm sorry, I mentioned Nye, and this is her sister Une. Uh, and they're there with, with the rest of their family. Their parents are there. They've gotten to, to, to know Audrey quite well. They, uh, they love Audrey, but Une just graduated high school, uh, and so we're very glad that they're back. Uh, we get to have Bible studies with them and, and get to know them uh, a little bit further. Uh, Audrey, she's been very busy um, while we've been down there. Uh, for a long time on Thursday nights, she would do an English class, and, um, and as time went on, our schedule got, got really full. Um, you know, we go and we have intentions of doing medical things and, and teaching and English and these sorts of things. But we've met enough people that want Bible studies. We don't have time for these other things anymore. And so English class is no longer happening. Uh, that time is, is filled with Bible study. But for a long time, Audrey was busy with that. 
And then another uh, little part of day-to-day life is, is food bags. Y'all were, were there, you packed up a bunch of food bags for us, and, uh, and we used them while you were there, and we continued to use them until they ran out. And uh, uh, we, we, that's just part of our, our normal thing. In the car, there's food, because on every street corner, there's somebody asking for help, and we don't really feel comfortable handing money out the window. Uh, and so uh, the food bags are a good, a good way to, to help out uh, with a lot of people. Now, the, the goal for these things is to study God's word. Now, whether they choose to obey, that's up to them, but, uh, but our job is to preach the gospel, and, and we're very excited that a lot of people want to study the gospel, want to study the Bible. And um, on Friday nights is uh, a ladies' Bible study. Uh, of this picture, three of these ladies are Christians. The other four are not yet, but, uh, but this is Audrey's Friday evening group, and, uh, and the ladies uh, definitely love Audrey very much. She's stayed very busy with them um, not just on Friday nights, but uh, other times as well. Uh, on Sunday mornings, we have another group Bible study, uh, apart from worship. And so this was that you all know, uh, where we, we, had, uh, we, we lived our first year there. We've since moved, but, um, but this was all in that first house on our Sunday morning uh, Bible study. Uh, we had it in a restaurant for a couple of, of days on Sunday mornings. And then on Wednesdays, we have a men's Bible study. Uh, the men's group... Uh, we start at uh, 8 p.m., because that's when they get off of work, and, uh, and, and they don't like to have short studies. You know, here, we're very worried about the clock in our Christian pews. Uh, we're, we're very much like, you better be done on time. Uh, there, they don't want to be done on time. Um, in fact, on, on Wednesday nights especially, um, I'll say, well, why don't we put a peg in it here? We'll pick it up next week. You know, it's already 11 o'clock. Um, and they'll say, no, why don't we study this, or what about that, or why don't you explain this? And so we'll go till midnight, 1 a.m. It's, it's uh, pretty much midnight every, every week uh, for these guys. But um, I want to introduce you to some of these guys. You know some of them, but maybe not all of them. Uh, the one next to me is Reuben. You all have met Reuben. Uh, Reuben is an extremely hard worker. Um, he is retired. He's from Huancayo, but he lived most of his life working in Lima, the capital. And uh, he became a Christian in Lima. So he's been a Christian over 20 years. And, uh, and Reuben has become an essential asset to uh, the work in Huancayo. Uh, he has a lot of drive, um, and you may remember he has Parkinson's, uh, so some days are better than others with his health, uh, but uh, when, he can, when he can do it, he is always going. Next to him is his now son-in-law, Sam. Uh, Sam was baptized last year. We're very excited to have Sam. And the red, that's Hector. You also met Hector. Hector is a, also very passionate, has a lot of drive, and Hector is very good with people. He's a very good communicator. Reuben, with his Parkinson's, sometimes he can't communicate the best. But the two of them, we got Aaron and Moses, they work together. Uh, they, are, they are a good team, they're friends, um, and they've, they've built up a strong relationship. And while we're gone, they're doing the, the worship services and everything like that. Uh, then we have Amado in the denim. Amado's not yet a Christian, so be praying for him. Arturo in the hat, he was baptized in October. Um, and he'll tell you he had a, a bit of a rough, kind of heavy metal rocker life in the past. And some of those health things have caught up to him. Uh, he's been diagnosed with COPD and a number of other health conditions. And so he's deteriorating a little bit um, uh, health-wise, but, um, but we are glad that he is uh, now our brother in Christ. Uh, next to him is Miguel, Ricardo, and Eddie. Uh, those three are not yet Christians either, so if you'll be uh, keeping them in prayer. But this is most of the men's group. We're missing um, a couple on there, but, but this is our Wednesday night crew. Uh, Tuesday mornings, we would meet with Brian and Daniela. They're a Venezuelan couple uh, who have since left for Argentina, so they're no longer there. And on Friday mornings, Audrey would meet with these three uh, young ladies. Uh, on the far right, Alicia in the middle, Deanna, their sisters, and then Root uh, there next to Deanna. Uh, and so uh, they have lots of questions. They have a very heavy uh, Pentecostal background, so lots of questions about the Holy Spirit and that, that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but they, they like um, studying with Audrey. Monday afternoons, we're at Jackie's house. Jackie is our fruit lady. 
So on Thursdays, we go to the market. We've always bought from Jackie, and eventually she, she said, can you come to my house and teach me the Bible? So we show up, and she puts up this little tarp awning on the sidewalk, and she's literally grabbing people off the sidewalk. Like, come here. He's going to teach us the Bible. Uh, and so um, she, uh, she's a lot of fun. She's Catholic, very Catholic. Um, her mom is also Catholic, uh, so they have lots of questions as well. But when, they're, when her work schedule permits, we're at her house on Monday afternoons. Friday afternoons, we're with Faustina. Faustina, as mentioned before, we were at her birthday party. Um, we've been studying with her since last October. I'm sorry, the October before last, about a year and change. Um, so we go to her store because she can't get off of work. And so uh, when people can't come to us, we try to go to them. Uh, while we're, we can do it, we're going we're gonna to do it. And she's usually babysitting her granddaughter, Carmen, there in the picture. And praise God from these um, studies, there have been a number of baptisms. We have Hector, that was our first one last year in a very cold pool. About midnight after one of the Wednesday night studies, he was baptized. Uh, Rebecca, in the middle there, she was baptized uh, around April, I think, of last year. Uh, and then next to her is Nellie. Nellie is also a Christian already. Um, Reuben baptized his son-in-law, Sam. And then in the middle is uh, his kind of ex-daughter-in-law, um, Yvonne. And so we were very excited that they were baptized also around April or May, I think, of last year. And when we were there, Reuben wanted us to do the baptizing. And part of us being there is to prepare for our departure. Uh, you know, we, we don't want uh, perpetual dependency on, on the foreign missionary. They, they are to be an autonomous, self-governing, independent congregation. Um, and so part of that is, is, is making them believe that they can do this work. It, you don't have to be from the United States to, to baptize somebody. And so uh, we're glad that Reuben uh, baptized uh, a couple members of his family. July uh, baptized Josue, also about midnight, I think about 1 a.m., for him after Wednesday night. Uh, and then October, we baptized Arturo, um, as I mentioned. And that water, um, this was uh, right getting into rainy season, so it's not real sunny. Uh, and that water comes off a glacier um, that sits about 15, 16,000 feet up. So it is some bitter cold water. Um, they say that the cold washes the sins off better, uh, so uh, we prefer it cold. But no, <laughs> um, this was after Arturo's uh, baptism. And then I'm just going to cycle through a few of our church uh, Sunday, Sunday uh, worship services. This is our new house that you all haven't gotten to see, but maybe someday you'll come down and, and check it out. Uh, it's a little bit more cozy than the other house, but it's uh, more centrally located so people can get to us a little bit better. Uh, we've had uh, one or two worship services at this restaurant as well, a little bit more space. But they like to get together. They like to be together as the family of God, uh, as we all ought to, to uh, desire to be together and, and share life together. Uh, they're not perfect by any means, but none of us are. Uh, everybody has their quirks, their... their um, um, there's always conflict and things like that wherever there are people, and that's no different in Peru, but there's still a good group of people. This is Mary Carmen. This is Ruben's daughter, and I, yeah, you all met her as well. Uh, she's a hard worker as well, also a Christian, and she helps out with the uh, kids' studies. And kids, um, kids are very important. They have a national holiday, Kids' Day, like we have Mother's Day, Father's Day, they have Kids' Day. And you have to have a pinata when you have Kids' Day. Uh, so they all came out for, for a Kids' Day celebration. Uh, shopping uh, for some a group meal. Uh, this is one of those pachamancas that you all got to participate in when you were there. Uh, this was one we had um, uh, separate. Now, the markets are a little bit different. Some of you guys got to come to the market with me. Uh, in fact, we went to this. I may have taken this picture with some of you guys. I don't remember if that was that one or not, but uh, you've seen it's not quite like Kroger uh, when you're going grocery shopping. Uh, Hector doing a bit of uh, teaching himself, and like I said, him and Ruben, they're keeping all that going while we're gone. 
Uh, but it's a good group of people. Uh, you know, we try not to be real pushy with the camera, uh, putting it in people's faces all the time. That's, that's a bit of a turnoff. But when they want to take a picture, we, we take a picture. So when they ask for it, we're, we'll take a picture. And, uh, and they wanted to buy a, a church sign. We're a church. We need a sign. So, okay, go ahead. So out of the offering, they paid for their own church sign. It's up on our house right now. Uh, someday, hopefully, it won't be on our house. But, uh, but they're very excited to get a sign and, and feel, um, feel kind of official uh, as they wanted while we were gone, uh, you know, this was around Christmas time, they got together, had some food. And you all know we had some visitors. Uh, you all were our first mission team. Uh, this year I think we're having another group come down uh, to do something very similar to what you guys did with, uh, with the conference, with the uh, VBS, the kids, kids' activities as well. You all know that Audrey, um, Audrey and, and her brother uh, got to come down for that. And at that point it had been, uh, I guess, a little over a year since... Um, since Audrey got to see some of her family. So that was definitely uh, a fun time when you guys were there. Um, you all know what was going on here, so I'm not going to explain to you what was happening, but um, uh, it was very good to have you guys down there. All these pictures from this team, huh? All right. And then, you know, we had church outside that day when we had, uh, had the Pachamanca. We also had one of our elders come down from Flatwoods. While he was there, he did some Bible studies, him and his wife, and we translated for him. Uh, Tabitha was able to come back in October, and then again in November with uh, Carla, uh, Tabitha's, Audrey's grandmother, uh, got to come down for the birth of, uh, of Levi there in Lima, so uh, that was definitely good that they all got to come down. Now, we've had a number of changes um, in the almost two years in there. Uh, one of them I mentioned is, is the situation with the Venezuelans. We were almost exclusively with Venezuelans, not by choice, but, but uh, that just happened to be how it, how it worked out the first um, nine or nine months or so that we were there, uh, most of the people we were with were Venezuelans. They all left, so it was almost like we were starting over. Uh, but this was Ara. Uh, you all met Ara, I think, briefly. Uh, this was, I think, the night she was leaving the country, if I'm not mistaken. She came to the conference to say goodbye. Uh, but we got to know her family very well. Uh, she was always at our house, um, even if she was by herself and her family didn't come with her. She really uh, wanted to know. But she's in Colombia now. Uh, I mentioned we moved houses. Some of the guys helped us to move. And then the biggest change, of course, is baby Levi. Born in Lima, Peru, so he's a dual citizen. A lot of people are worried, you know, is he a U.S. citizen? Yes, he has his U.S. citizenship. Uh, lots of paperwork to get it, but, um, but he is a U.S. citizen and a Peruvian citizen. Uh, so uh, that was quite a process to get all those uh, papers submitted and all these appointments, but, um, but he's got it all done. Now, we've had a number of challenges uh, the past uh, year and a half, two years. Uh, one of them, anywhere you go, is going to be false religion. Um, now, there's doctrine that I kind of put in the, um, under the denominational category, but false religion, just blatant, um, you know, like Hinduism or Buddhism or whatever, that's false religion. Uh, and, and a lot of that is in Peru still, very much. Uh, the idolatry of, of worshiping nature, of venerating mountains and rivers and that kind of thing. Uh, Wonka is the rock god. Pachamama is Mother Earth. Uh, and so, so breaking through some of those superstitions is a big uh, challenge for us. Uh, and then you couple that with false doctrine. You know, you mix all of that. That, uh, that folk religion, that, that animism, you mix that all up with Catholicism, a little bit of Pentecostalism, and you come out with, a, with an interesting uh, a bunch of beliefs. And so that's always a challenge um, as far as the work is concerned. Now, personally, it's been a challenge to, um, to do everything in Spanish. Um, that's, that's a challenge. No matter how good you are at a second language, there are days when it just doesn't work. And um, uh, there are days when, when we get done um, talking to somebody, I'm like, I know they did not understood a, a, a single word that I just said, but, um, but some days are better than others when it comes to the Spanish, but that's still a challenge. Um, 
the cults. The cults are a challenge. I didn't mention them, but this is the Mother God cult. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's the Church of God World Missionary Society, I believe is the full name of it in English. Uh, South Korea. So they teach that we have a heavenly mother and all this other stuff. Uh, but they've gotten very big in Wonkayo as well, so that's a challenge. Um, another personal challenge is being away from, from family. Um, you know, Audrey's family is here. Um, that's, that's hard. That's especially hard uh, for Audrey and the kids um, and, and the ones here too, um, watching it from afar. And so um, if you'll keep, keep all the prayers for, for that. Um, there have been some, some riots in Peru, another challenge. Uh, they removed the president from office and some other political stuff going on. And so there were days when we were just stuck in the house because they were setting stuff on fire. But, um, but when Cayo stays pretty calm, when there's a riot, um, when there's a protest, they, they deploy a lot of, uh, a lot of police, uh, usually military as well. So when Cayo stays pretty um, relaxed, it doesn't get as spicy as uh, some other places in the country. But as you can see, uh, we have a, a Chili's, a Starbucks, a KFC, Pizza Hut. We're not even real missionaries. You know, we have, we have two shopping malls. Um, so Wankayo is definitely not, um, not your little um, native community out in the, out in the jungle. Um, there are a lot of other challenges, but um, before we end, I did want to share uh, some future plans. Um, we, we plan to continue doing what we're doing. Um, our schedule is, is quite literally chock full of nothing but Bible studies. We don't do any medical mission. We don't do any education. We don't do any of these other things that we thought were, were going to be tools to meet people because everybody we meet already wants Bible studies. So we haven't had to really... Uh, employ any of these other means to, to make contacts, but, but this is why we're there, to preach the gospel, to study God's word with people, and so we, we plan to continue that. Now, along that line, there is more work in Wankayo than we can handle by ourselves, uh, and so uh, we're praying that the Lord would send uh, some, some additional workers uh, with us long term, uh, but that's also a, a very long process uh, to get that done. Uh, we also, uh, in the future, um, will be needing a, a larger place to meet, so that's, that's part of the future plans. Ideally, uh, it, would be, it would be best if the Peruvians could, could facilitate their own place to meet. Um, right now, economically, that's not feasible, but, but uh, if the Lord sends somebody our way who has a big garage that they would be willing to use for the church or something along those lines, uh, that would be really great uh, when it comes to the future of the congregation in Huancayo. Um, there's something else I was going to mention that I have forgotten, but... Um, but I'll probably think of it later. But uh, lots of future plans anyway. We continue. Um, we, we plan to continue, Lord willing, to, um, to talk to anybody who is willing to hear about the gospel. Um, now, uh, some prayer requests, of course, for health and all these different things. Um, and this is our contact information. I'll just leave that up there. Um, if you'd like to follow along with the work, we have a newsletter and all that kind of stuff. If you want to sign up for that via email. Um, but... Um, but that is, that is the work in Peru in a nutshell. Uh, and again, I know you all knew some of that, uh, but I hope at least this provided a, a, a little bigger window into, uh, into our lives in Peru. Um, and we thank you for your prayers and your involvement with that uh, work that's going on. Now, while I know this isn't a, a typical sermon or Bible study, um, uh, we do always want to offer an invitation. Uh, the Lord doesn't promise us another breath of life on this earth. We're not, we're not owed anything by God. Um, and so... It is, it is always wise to give an opportunity for somebody to obey the gospel if, if that is needed. We believe the gospel is the power of God uh, unto salvation, the gospel message. And the gospel is that Jesus is the Son of God and he came and he died to pay the price for your sins. Because you and I, are, we're, we're all sinners deserving the wrath of God. But, but God in his gracious mercy provided a payment for that sin in the work of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that and you're willing to confess your belief in that and you're willing to repent or, or turn away from a life of sin and follow the, the, the path of God 
and be baptized in water for the remission of your sins, uh, tonight is a perfect opportunity to do that. There is no other better time in the future than right now. And if you've already done those things and you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters uh, here in, the, in this uh, church, uh, uh, church of Christ in Rome, um, part, of, part of the church is to bear one, another burden, one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, as, as Paul tells us in Galatians 6, chapter 2. We're here to support you, to, to, to help one another as we're all striving to glorify God and to spend eternity with him. And so uh, if you have a spiritual need along those lines, uh, please come forward as we stand uh, and sing an invitation song. Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we are dismissed. Um, as a reminder that we're still needing teachers for this quarter. Um, we're needing a preschool teacher for Wednesday uh, to teach preschool kids and also someone for Bible hour on Sundays uh, mornings. Also, uh, don't forget this Wednesday Stepping Stone Supper at 530. Beef stroganoff is on the menu. Um, uh, also, next Sunday is the pie bake-off. Uh, we're needing pies for that and uh, tasters, and um, that is after services on Sunday morning. Uh, men, please sign up on a sign-up sheet in the back uh, for the men's retreat um, on March 15th and 16th. Also, Life Group 1, that's Mike Williams' group, will meet uh, Sunday after services for lunch, um, and that's on March 17th. March 19th is Young at Heart. Uh, we'll be heading to Cheddar's in Ashland, Kentucky. Um, also, uh, please see Tanya Ward 
if you're planning on going to the ladies retreat in Gatlinburg um, uh, and uh, $50 deposit is due to her by Sunday um, remember to keep the judge family in your prayers at this time um, for those who weren't here this morning uh, Chad judge's uh, father uh, passed away last week um, so keep that family in your, in your prayers Glenn judge is his name uh, so keep the judge family in your prayers also huh funeral is Tuesday um, at halls or don't know yet okay okay um, remember to continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus Jim Martin and Jackie Hutchison and Jim Haney in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments at this time um, I know uh, Jim Martin's having tests done this week so keep him in your prayers this week uh, remember to continue to keep Roger Kaufman in your prayers he's not doing well and um, also keep uh, Merritt in your prayers as well uh, she was tested for uh, Calic disease, Selic disease. Am I saying that right? Selic, celiac, celiac. Okay, celiac disease. Um, she's on a gluten-free diet, so keep her in your prayers at this time. Also, remember continue to keep Blake in your prayers as well. He is in um, Nicaragua right now uh, on his mission trip, um, so keep him in your prayers. He won't be back until next week. Um, and that's all the announcements I have. If you had, I know that was a lot. Um, if you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Our closing song tonight is number 71. Sing the first and last verse. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Let's pray at this time.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time we have tonight to, to get to know more about how, how you are working, Father, in this world and working through Daniel and Audrey and their family and the Wallace family and others, Father, to spread your word in places besides the United States. Father, we do thank you so much for his dedication, his enthusiasm, and, and their willingness to, to sacrifice the things that we take for granted here to go to Peru and, and, Father, to teach others your word so that they can also have that blessed assurance, Father, that we have, Father. We do pray that you will continue to bless them with health and strength and, and with help as well, Father, financially and numerically with people that are able to go and, and to join them maybe in this work. All those congregations that they have there, and, Father, the, the one that they are a part of, we just pray that you'll bless it to continue to grow and continue to be a light, Father, in that area. Father, we just thank you so much for your word and so much for the salvation that you do give us for the life, Father, that we can have and can enjoy because of you and your son. Father, we do pray for Blake as well, that you'll bless him at this time and, and, and Mally in the future and others, Father, that are involved in mission work through their colleges and universities, that you'll help them in what they do, that, they're, that they can have that desire as well to continue as Daniel and Audrey have in, in maybe different areas uh, outside of our neighborhood or maybe in our neighborhood, Father. We just thank you so much for their desire to do that. And thank Father for the healthy young people that we have that do do that work. And we do thank you for the Ocranitos and and Mr. Galloway and others, Father, that also do that work in the lands that they're in. Father, we just pray that you continue to be with us and bless us all as we do our own work here, Father, in our own neighborhood, in our own jobs, and in our own friendships. Father, we just pray your blessings also at this time on Chad Judge and his family, that you'll bless them and, and their loss. Others, Father, that we're aware of in our neighborhood that have lost their families as well, lost their members, we pray your blessings on them. Father, just bless us through this week. Bless us to do your will. Bless us to learn more about you. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, buddy. <laughs>